Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. When LifeBank does a presentation or educational program, we always talk about the number of individuals waiting for a transplant. In fact, right now, in the U.S., nearly 104,000 people are on that waiting list. But what we don't share, often enough in my opinion, is that more than 2,000 of those on the waiting list are children under the age of 17. An additional 10,000, approximately, are affected by chronic disease, mostly kidney disease, that will lead to organ failure. Hi, you're listening to episode 127 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. As you can imagine, it must be difficult to explain to a child the effects of a disease and the whole transplant process. Resources written at their level and in a compassionate manner aren't always easy to find as well. However, our guest on this episode is an author who is really helping to address that gap. Shante Thomas has self-published four books written to celebrate families, children, and diversity. Her characters tell us about their culture, families, and solve problems, with the help of their families, of course. In addition to being an author, Shante is a Cleveland native and has taught in the Shaker Heights school system for more than 20 years. Shante, thank you so much for talking with us. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited. I mean, I got goosebumps listening to your amazing introduction. <laughs> it is something that we don't talk about often enough. And I, that's why I love your book as a resource. But I want to go back a little bit. I read that you have always had a desire to write and become an author. What made you decide to go into the direction of writing children's books? I'm going to go back just a little bit. So as you mentioned, I'm a teacher. And when I was in school getting my master's in education, I took a children's literature survey course. And this was, you know, almost 30 years ago. And as I started to learn about the different books that were out there, I wasn't a mom then, but I was disheartened at the lack of diversity in children's books. And that's really when I thought, I have a story to tell. I have been studying books. I have been looking at the different authors and things like that. And I just really wanted to start to just put my thoughts, my, my, my dreams down. So the first book that I wrote was Where I'm From. And it was a beautiful love story to diversity and children just talking about like who they are and, and what makes them special and unique. And they tell little things that are fun about their culture and places that they've traveled. It's a real template, a real story starter for anyone to just introduce themselves. And I tried to get that book published and I received uh, rejection letters that said, we're not really interested in this kind of story. There were other offers that I received, but I just put the book away. But I would introduce myself to my class year after year. And I would always tell them that I'm an author. 
I wrote a book. And they would say, well, where is it? Well, it wasn't published. It was in my files. It was in the form of a manuscript. And many years into that, and I was still kind of writing and beginning stories as they came to me, I hit a milestone birthday. And I was fortunate enough to meet someone who had a sister who was an illustrator. And we connected, and she really helped me bring that first book to life. So she read the manuscript, she she fell in love with it, and she thought that she could help bring those characters that I had envisioned, Dawn and Madhavi and Reed and Casey and Vivian to life, and she did, and it's a beautiful story. So that's where I'm from, and that's where it began. Um, another book, Go to School Tommy, I also wrote probably in manuscript form about 15 years ago, but again... Um, I never published it. And so Jennifer is amazing. And she helped me create that story, too, as far as the illustrations. So I can see where I want to go, but I don't have that gift of, of drawing. But that's where I got started. But it's just always been with me. I still have, like, these notebooks where I start a story and I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to tell this one day. So it's just a book of ideas. I love that. You think about, you get these great ideas and then you have to simmer on them for a little while, right? Before they (laughs) they come to fruition. Yeah. So you've written and you became a self-publisher and you have actually published four books. Do you want to talk quickly about your four books? Sure. The name of my publishing company is called Bucket List Publishers because that was just something that I felt like I could no longer hide from. And so I do. I self-publish all of my stories. Again, where I'm from is the five young people who just, they introduce themselves. They tell you something really cool about like how they say a certain word or, you know, things that they do with their family. Because I really want us understanding different cultures and different traditions to bridge the gap, right? And the more we understand each other, the more we understand how people think, I think the better we can get along. And so where I'm from does a lovely job of just getting um, conversation started. Go to school. Tommy is my second book. And Tommy doesn't want to go to school. It's, it's just that simple. You know, he has fears and anxiety about doing well and will his teacher like him? And will he go to the principal's office? Because we heard the principals are always so mean. And, you know, this kid just doesn't want to go. I, and yeah, it's all in verse. And when you see the illustrations, you know, it's all of this stuff that he exaggerates. Like there's the skull and bones on the principal's door. And we know that that's not true. Um, I will say we've all been there, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. What is the first day? You know, what is it going to hold? And so he and his mom, you know, they have this amazing relationship. And she tells him like this year, I've got your back. You're going to stay focused and on track. I mean, the whole little book is told in verse. And he gets up finally out of bed and he's excited. And, you know, he does all that important stuff like brushes his teeth and combs his hair. And he sees the sock, the sock puppet. And there's a note inside and it makes him laugh. It makes him feel good. And his mom is like, look, if, if this silly thing can make you smile, imagine what happens when you smile. So go have your first day and smile at your teachers and your friends and watch what happens. And that's what he learned. And that's kind of the, the moral of that is smile and the world's going to smile back at you. You know, we can yeah, change the world yeah. with a smile. And so it, it takes away those those anxiety, those scary feelings. And so that, that's Tommy. He learns to smile. Awesome. My third book, I wanted to go 
in a different direction. And this one was really my COVID book. So we were in the middle of being sent home. I remember this, you know, March 12th. I think it was like a day at work. They said, you've got an hour, get your stuff and go home. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a pretty traumatic time. And I wanted to tell a story about a, a student or a, a kiddo who was living in that space. And again, for me, reading has been everything. I really have loved books. I still fondly remember like the bookcase in my bedroom growing up with all of my favorite, you know, the set of encyclopedias and, you know, the fairy tales and just the different stories. And so I want to really continue to embrace that. So I wanted to create this, this character, Sean and the Book Cures. And I want Sean and the Book Cures to use books to figure things out or to find the cures for things or to just show research and reading and that it's fun. And so the first book really was just that, just introducing Sean. It's told in verse. And um, we just see him helping his friends and his family and everyone with these facts. Like he learns about like a bee sting and how that can help you and how you cure a bee sting. And then COVID hit. You know, he's like, I've got to get some real information here. So he starts to research how to find a cure for COVID. And of course, by the time the book is finished, we have the vaccine. And so we had to just improvise with a a pivot with an ending. And he did not find a cure for us, but he did learn all these other wonderful things about, you know, if you eat right, then you can keep the germs away. And and so it's all told in verse. And it's, it's just a fun story. But, you know, there's a great picture where he wears the mask while he's outside playing. And and when mm-hmm. kids see that, they're like, oh, my gosh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So it's the kind of thing, you know, the last pandemic was 100 years ago, right? So this is going to be a, a good artifact for us. Hopefully this never happens again. But Right, right. The oh. book will be there telling the story. Now on to our favorite book that we've read is Sean and the Book of Cures, The Great Sacrifice, which is a sequel, if you will. Yeah. What yeah. inspired you? to write this book? So it's a long title, right? There's a lot going on. Um, I have a really dear friend who actually just had her second kidney transplant. And I was telling my son, whose name is Sean, but Sean is not Sean in the book here because he's not a reader like that. (laughs) But um, I was telling him that Auntie Wendy just got a, a kidney transplant and that her husband, Uncle Greg, was the donor. And Sean was like, what? Who would do that? That's a huge sacrifice. So this was like all really an organic conversation. And I remember just sharing that story with her, you know, and she's like, oh my gosh. I said, you know, someone should sort of tell this story. And she thought, well, you're the only person that could. And so I just let that sit for a few months. And the way I write is I have to see this story in my sleep, in my dreams. Oh, wow. And, you know, yeah. And, and most authors will say, oh, you know, we start with this outline and we write it down and we know where we want to go. But I, I need to see the beginning and the end and everything that happens in the middle. So for weeks and weeks, like it started to come to me, like how this story could be told. Um, and the story is, is all fiction, but there is this inspiration of a very close friend. But I thought, okay, what happens when we have a loved one who is sick? What do we want to know? We want our friends to to go on this journey with us. 
And that's really where it became this idea of Sean and his cousin. And I use some of the names because it is really a love story to the courage of, you know, people who struggle with things every day and they go to work, they don't complain, they smile, they're mommies, mm-hmm. they're daddies, right? And they do everything they can to keep things going, even though they have these things that are going on inside. It's really just a tribute to that. And how do we, as we watch this, how do we feel better without burdening someone? And books are the way, right? We research. If we can research with a friend, even better. And I love these boys because they end up going to a nephrologist. And I really wanted the story just to make it not feel so scary. Like these are the things that are really scare us. These big ideas of needing an organ, a tissue, an eye transplant, a cancer. This is scary stuff. And it happens to families every day. And so I wanted my characters to bring us into that space to learn about what happens when the kidney begins to fail, to understand that it's not a death sentence, to know that there are amazing doctors who are there waiting to answer your questions, and to know that it will be okay. But we have to do our part too, right? Because there are Mm -hmm. so many people who need organ transplants, right? And so we have to spread the message that, you know, donors are needed. So that, that was the story. Yeah, I wanted to just make it feel not so scary, but I wanted it to really make the point that things happen, we get better, but we need we need the whole community to help. Well, and that's what I found so intriguing about it. I shared with you, I'm a two-time kidney recipient myself, and my first transplant, I was 21 and knew nothing. And I really, I really would have loved and treasured this kind of a resource. And the way you have the boys research, you know, kidney disease and transplant, you even have them talk to a nephrologist, which is amazing. It really, it really hits home. And I think anybody who has somebody in their life, whether they're a child or an adult going through this process or uh, on dialysis and are talking about transplant, this is a great book. It's a wonderful resource. Thank you. Well, Shante, I think it, it would be awesome if you could read an excerpt of Sean and the Book of Cures, The Great Sacrifice. Would you be willing to do that for our listeners? Of course. I'd love to. I'd love to. So Sean and Blake, this is just a little preview. You know, they ultimately decide that they want to start a, a reading club, a book club. And so this is where I'm going to take you. A club is born. Blake and I were discussing the book club one day, and he asked me if we could research books about kidney failure. I have some personal rules that I need to tell you about. My first rule is I work hard and play hard. Rule number two is sometimes you just have to be silent. So thinking about rule number two, I did not ask any questions. I just nodded yes enthusiastically. Blake and I would meet and read after basketball practice. He was a voracious reader, kind of like me. You know, I started reading at age one and researching at age two. We made a list of questions we wanted to research. What does a kidney do? Do we need both kidneys? What happens when a kidney doesn't work well anymore? Who fixes kidneys? 
how do they fix bad kidneys? Most importantly, can people die if their kidney stops working? And so then the boys go on a research journey and they, um, and I'm skipping around, and they eventually realize they want to learn more. And this is back in the story. We made an appointment with Dr. Stephen Lynn. We were able to see him right away. Dr. Lynn was taller than I expected. He had straight black hair, a little gray at the temples, and a very kind smile. He told us he used to play basketball in college. His athletic talents provided him a full scholarship to college. Anyway, with the small talk finished, Blake got right to the point of our visit. Will organ transplants help people suffering from kidney failure get better? I looked at him with a little surprised look on my face. We hadn't discussed this question. Again, I remembered my personal rule number two, and I chose to stay quiet. Oh, my gosh. Goosebumps. So Dr. Lynn stared at both of us intently, and then he began to speak. Organ donation saves lives. If a patient is a good candidate for an organ transplant, then he or she could add the new kidney surgically, and it will clean the blood and help the patient's body resume normal function. And then it was Blake's turn. Why are so many people suffering from kidney problems? I read that nearly 100,000 people are waiting for organ transplants. Why aren't people helping? Is it safe? Can I donate an organ? Blake looked pretty anxious as he waited for the answers to his questions. So Dr. Lynn began to break this down for us. We need people to volunteer to be organ donors. And I'm going to stop there. Yeah. Perfect, perfect place. That's the other thing I liked about the book is that you do promote both living and deceased donation and you explain it in a pretty great way. Um, You know, not again, not very many uh, resources are available to children that talk about that. And children are a lot smarter than we give them credit for. They understand and they get it. So the book is such a wonderful resource and such an education in kidney disease and kidney transplant. It's brilliant, in my opinion. Well, I really appreciate that. That's very high praise. And I hope that I can accomplish that, that I can, again, take away those scared feelings and give information and encourage people to really just become advocates, right, for themselves, like learn, ask questions. And just in in the case, sometimes you have to get your family signed up, you know, do whatever it is that we need to do. I read this book to my fifth grade class, and it was really what I so loved about it because I wasn't sure if it was going to be relatable. These students were amazing. And so this book is for everyone. They just started, you know, one by one. I have a connection to the story or I can relate to that. Or, you know, I have a relative who has dialysis. So, you know, our kids are smarter than we think and they can handle more than we think. And so this really is a book for everyone because it is informative, it's hopeful, it's encouraging, and it really tells a great story. I couldn't agree more with you. And if our listeners would like to purchase this book or any of your books, how do they go about doing that? So I'm going to give two scenarios. The first one, because we all can go to Amazon. My books are available on Amazon.com. And the best thing to do is just really search my name, 
Shante Thomas Book. So C H A N T E and then Thomas C H O M A S books or books by Shante Thomas, and they'll all turn up. Or I have a website which is Shante Thomas and they can be ordered from the website. Well, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you sharing your talent and your time with us today. You are a gifted author. And again, two thumbs up. <laughs> I'm not a movie critic or a book critic, but two thumbs up. And anybody who has somebody in their family that's going through the transplant process, I highly recommend getting a copy of this book and sharing it with them. So Shantae, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. And we hope we can stay connected for a long time. I hope so too. And thank you again. I really appreciate this opportunity and the time. And thank you for all that you do as well. We hope you found today's episode informative and inspirational. You know, you can save lives simply by going to lifebanc.org and registering your donation decision. You can catch Let's Talk About Life on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but you can always find it at lifebank.org. We thank you for listening and we hope you come back next time. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is dependent on it.